the glue guys this is mike here say hello brian hello check us out on <laughs> twitter at bk glue guys that's daily.com almighty baller that's our back brian um our intros were a little weird that time i went full scarlett johansson your all of your intonations were, were different this time because it's late you know we're, we're, we've been watching. We've been monitoring our tweet decks all day. We're bleary eyed. Um, Mike is at least seven eighths into a hearty <laughs> IPA. That is the exact amount. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> is the angle of that last sip? I could tell. Um, it's it's a late night pod. Also a lit night pro- pod. There you know. There you know. Um, yeah, the Nets are back, Brian. This is our post-trade deadline emergency pod. This is the Greg Monroe emergency pod everyone on Twitter has been demanding. Mm-hmm. The Nets have gotten a former number one overall recruit <laughs> as as a player in uh, Greg Monroe, James Monroe, um, and he's already off the team. Hey, the Nets are back, Brian. Trade deadline is happening, it's, and the, the big news is that the Nets – have spent the the absolute bare minimum to secure a second round pick in 2021 from the Raptors, which is the trade that happened to get Greg Monroe. Brian, what are your feelings, man? What what happened to you post 3 p.m. trade deadline? The Nets did nothing. What are the feelings coming out of your face? I was looking at the comments section on the Monroe deal, and I got got to give credit to a great comment. It just said Monroe for nothing and picks for free. You know, beautiful. I mean, I like it, that song. It's actually a somewhat like little bit of a savvy move. Like Brian Lewis laid this out in the New York Post's post about this the, this uh, trade is that like Sean Marks paid like five million dollars for a first round pick or some or for a second round pick not that long ago two point five another year. The Nets are essentially only paying like I don't know like six hundred thousand dollars something small like that for a second round pick that yes is in twenty twenty one but. As we've already seen, there's been already been so many trades that happened during this trade deadline where second round picks were being exchanged, not first round picks. That's a, just another little bullet in the mm. Mark's ammo stock that he can use when he goes big game hunting this summer, Bri. Here's the big news for me Please. That, I want, that I want to touch on. It's not Nets related, but it's like, well, kind of because he used to be, play on the Nets. Um, what contender does Wayne Ellington end up on? <laughs> you know that's the big <laughs> when i saw that tweet that wayne ellington wants to go to a contender i was like i bet you do wayne i bet, <laughs> I bet yeah, you do thanks wayne yeah. dude i'm not gonna lie though the market on wayne ellington is gonna be frothy it's gonna be a frothy market if you just if you if you're a live body who can shoot threes people are gonna want you that's yeah. just like the basic that's, that is the tagline for wayne ellington live body <laughs> <who can> shoot <laughs> threes. Yeah. he's done pretty well for himself it is funny he was a net and like he's then he went to Miami and he's like kind of become he was like valuable at one certain point, but now he's just he's one of the the large pile of players that are gonna be out there in the buyout market. And we will discuss who the Nets maybe should target in the buyout market. But first, just 
Um, initial thoughts. The Nets did not make a big move. There were big moves to be had. Otto Porter changed teams. Nikola Mirotic changed teams. There were guys the Nets were somewhat connected to. The Nets didn't get any of them. What does that tell you about what do you think Sean Marks is doing with the team? Do you think this is ultimately the best thing to do? I mean, I just can't believe how right we were. Like, we really went on a limb here saying that Marks was going <clears> to <throat> hold his fire at this deadline where everyone else was talking about big trades. And, <laughs> you know, here we are again at the top of the mountain as, as per usual. What people cannot see is me shaking my head in how right we were. In yeah. affirmation of what you're just saying, the, the, the audience, as soon as we will do a Twitch channel, you'll be able to see how confident and how cocky yeah. I am. Yeah, man. Um, no, we're trolling. It was every it's super obvious um, that they weren't going to do anything. So, like, I mean, are you saying you're making a look now like it wasn't that obvious? No, no, no. You're going to go I, back on it even now that no, we're right? No, no, you're no, gonna... no, no, no. What I, that look that Brian was seeing on our Google Hangouts was that I was trying to think about which of the teams that are in the playoffs at the moment did not make a trade. So I was trying to go through the list of teams. I mean, what's crazy about the East is let's say there's four top contenders, right? There's the Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, and what's the other team? I don't even know at this point. Oh, Toronto Raptors. The – the Celtics did not make a trade. They stood pat. Nets stood pat. Um, in the West, there was some movement going on in the West, but actually not as much as, you know, definitely the East made. Like, people were making bold moves in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks getting Miritich, which is like a phenomenal fit on their team. The Raptors getting Gasol, which is crazy. Mm. I actually don't know how much he's going to help them compared to what they already have already. To Valanciunas um, as well. I don't. I mean, it's an well, interesting. It's a very interesting situation there. I don't know if you can hear. I don't mean to enter. If you're hearing somebody, a small child playing piano, uh, picked up just a little bit on my mic, that's because that's exactly what's happening in the apartment connecting <laughs> to mine. Um, uh, so yeah, so they're practicing piano. Anyways, uh, Gasol. Do Do you feel like that the the Nets should have made a deal? Like, if when you saw what, so when we go through, I'll just go through two names was Miritich and Otto Porter. Otto Porter was, could have been had for nothing. Otto Porter was a, a salary dump to Chicago. All the Wizards got back was two expiring mm-hmm. contracts. One was Bobby Portis, who was a restricted free agent. I understand. So he could, he could continue to be had by the Wizards next season at a reasonable price, most likely. Uh, they could pick up Jabari Parker's option, but they won't. Um, he could have been had for free. It could have been, well, Damari Carroll's not free. Right. But De- and swallow the poison pill that we ourselves handcrafted? No. No, thank you. Right. That, was, that was the wizard's pill to hoop themselves, okay? And, and I think, so like, Mark's not making a deal. I think, for, I kind of know for a fact that Mark's was at least calling around. I mean, that's his job is to call around and see what kind of deals they can make. They like their team. The Nets like their team at the moment. Kenny Atkinson spoke about that, the fact that he likes even the G League guys like Creek and Pinson. They just really like their roster. And this is such a strange year because so much of the so many of the contracts in the NBA right now are expiring at the end of this season. It wasn't a situation where there were all that many guys out there that the Nets could have gotten that were, you know, not only going to be here for the end of this season but into other seasons. The Nets probably weren't that interested in having a salary extended into next season, and there's just not many of those guys out there. Kent Bazemore stayed with the Hawks. There's a lot of guys that were in the Kent Bazemore class that 
you know, Harrison Barnes switched teams. Kind of a, I mean, I understood the the pinnings behind that, but a strange move from Dallas to Sacramento. Sacramento was thirsty for a wing, and Harrison Barnes is, I don't know, uh, Arizona Ice T version of a wing that you could have at this point. Um, I got to tell you, if like, so I would be feeling very differently just in general about this team if we didn't win against the Nuggets last night, which was like, I know, bro. Pretty amazing sweet. that was like this is how you know this is a like magical season you know that would never that's not supposed to happen we're like so banged up so run down everyone in the last three games has looked completely exhausted and then suddenly we're just spry as could be keeping up with second best team in the west like what's up and not not skipping a beat you know like acting like we we freaking belong there it's, that's low. You know. that's low key one of the most impressive wins by any team this season that actually matters not just like I don't know, like, the Hawks probably beat someone who was good at one point. I'm sure the Bulls have beat, like, I'm just saying, like, throughout the entirety of the NBA, of all the teams that matter and all the matchups that actually matter, the Nets beating the Nuggets, and pretty thoroughly throughout most of the game, yeah, there was a comeback, but, like, the the Nets are damaged. They got, you know, Alan Crabb back, Karis LeVert. Is coming back. How could back, you Ryan? not want to ride with this with this squad through and through, just to see, just at a baseline, you know, see where we're at with these guys? Because like it's it's kind of, I mean, I and I wouldn't think I would be saying this at this point in the season at all. Of course, nobody has like you know the foresight that would allow for this. But like, I don't know if their ceiling is is quite where it is. I think it might be higher. Like if they're going to run out this there with season, that ragtag right? squad and beat the Nuggets like they did, like where could this situation go? And so it's really interesting. So I was kind of touching on this a little bit earlier, but three of the top four teams in the East made huge moves, not just like minor sort of like bit part moves. Three of the top four teams made very large moves. The Sixers making two massive moves throughout the season to get the team that they have now, the best starting five in the East, um, probably, I would say. Uh, of course, the Raptors, again, getting Gasol, which is, you know, I don't really know if that's really going to alter completely the the span of their season right now, but in the playoffs it'll make a difference. And the Bucks getting a perfect sort of stretch four that they exactly want. A guy that can play with Giannis. You can put Giannis at center now and have Miritich out there. You don't need Brook. It's like you can flip Brook and Miritich a lot now. Um, an amazing move. The Celtics not making a move. So what you're left with as a Nets fan and a Nets watcher is that you're left with a team that, that held Pat, that isn't going crazy because of this minor bit of success that they're having at the moment making the smart move. I mean, okay. Like what would have moved the needle if the Nets had gotten Miritich? Would that have really moved the needle against them in a playoff series against, I don't know, whoever it's going to be in the first round or the second round or whoever, wherever the Nets get. No. And you know what I like every time that there's a story about Miritich is that, you know, the, the fight with Bobby Portis, and they always put in the addendum that, like, and everybody sided with Bobby Portis. <laughs> like, all the teammates are, like, pro-Bobby in that situation. And I'm pro-Bobby in life. Hashtag yeah. always forever. Yeah. Um, I well, kind of wanted the Nets ever. actually to pick him. Yeah. But I wanted the Nets to pick him up because I think they could have used uh, – I mean, he's pretty tall. Not that he's, like – I'm sure defensively as a center he probably is terrible. I really I like, like I like Bobby I, I like, like him because he's tall and big but he's got thin arms you know you don't you don't see a lot <laughs> you know, that like is that such look. a Brian comment <laughs> that he, just a just an odd body point yeah. just a different body scale he's right a real there. student of of uh, <laughs> what is anatomy. it like Grey's Anatomy <laughs> Grey's Anatomy yeah. Um, yeah I mean 
I don't think the, the Nets were not willing to wade in the waters of the Tobias Harris trade. The, the Tobias Harris trade is massive. It's low key massive for how much the Sixers gave up. Um, they gave up essentially. They gave up a, a first round pick who I loved. Landry Shamit is legit. Um, they gave him up plus two other first round picks to get a guy who has whatever three months left of his contract, and then you have to pay him a max deal. The Nets weren't going to do that. The Nets weren't going to give up their own first-round pick, the Nuggets' first-round pick, the Knicks' second-round pick, and Karuk's. wasn't going to happen. Just that wasn't going to be what it was going to be. So the, I love that Sean Marks had the patience to stand pat. And I also sort of love that, you know, I don't really know how involved Prokhorov is at this point. Joseph Sy is, again, he's not in control, but he's feeling just from the PR push that he is in control in a way, you know, he feels like we already talk about him as being the Nets owner when he's technically not the full owner of the Nets. But I love the fact that the Nets organization as a whole did not feel the pressure to sort of, to capture on this like momentum that they have right now to try to push it to another level. When ultimately the best thing for this team is to just hold on to the future assets and, you know, you can learn a lesson by going to the playoffs and then seeing what happens with the guys that you have as opposed to making a big deal. Um, I think it's a smart move. It's just the smart – it's rarely that it happens in the NBA that teams actually make a smart decision for the long term. The Nets have been given that um, ability by their ownership, and Marks didn't make a stupid move. He didn't make a move that – you know, I, I think Harrison Barnes to the Kings is fine, but – why do you really want Harrison Barnes? Why Why does – you want him because, yeah, you can get to the playoffs. But, like, that doesn't, like, ultimately – that's not going to make the difference between you becoming, um, like, a real contender in the West. The Nets know, knew that any move they made wouldn't push them up into the next stratosphere. So they made the smart decision. They made a trade for Greg Monroe past the deadline. That's when it came out on tweets from Shams. Past the deadline that got them a 2021 second-round pick. Who That is – the definition of playing the long game. And that is the right move that should have been made. Now, Brian, mm. this isn't over, though. Player acquisition is not over for the Nets. The Nets still have the possibility. I think they have an open roster spot. They cut Mitch Mitch Creek, RIP Mitch Creek. He's back on the Long Island Nets. There are buyout candidates to be had. I'm going to name some of them for you. Tell me who you like, who you want, Okay. Now, there's one guy on this list that already seems to be taken for, which is Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews is, seems to be going to Indiana. Mazel tov. Go away. So here I'm Frank Kaminsky, Enos Kanter, Milos Teodosic, Markeith Morris. Brian. Any of those <laughs> names <laughs> tickle your fancy? Well, should, should the Nets get you're leading the witness guys? here? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, we've we've talked openly about our, our – um, <clears throat> combined covetousness of a of a Markeef, of a Morris brother, mm-hmm. um, and that's still that's still there for me. But I mean, obviously, I don't know what these guys are going to get on the market. Like, what is what's an Ennis Cantor's next contract look like? Like, what is? Oh, wow, that's a big question, right? Yeah. Like what? Like who? <clears throat> he feels like it's very a, a weird, strange. Thing. I mean, he just made a whole bunch of money, right? Like he's made mm-hmm. a whole bunch of money. Um, his next oh my gosh what is his next contract going to be like if, if the net, i mean if the nets did sign him for the ed davis deal that they got which was i don't know what four million dollars five million whatever it was that makes sense to me but i could also see him making vet minimum because 
the way he plays basketball is just is, is not valued. Even though he can put up, you know, 18 and 12 every game. Every game that can be what you get from him. And it, if I was in a different world, if I had not gone through the Marks like process. Are you hearing this guitar in the background? Dude, it's killing me. Yeah, it's awesome. This person just playing a ukulele. I'm sorry. It's driving me crazy. Is this the kid? Yeah, it sounds like they're playing the the like um, Hawaiian version of that um, <laughs> that uh, over the rainbow song or whatever, <laughs> you know? Classic too. from from Fifty First Days. Anyways, sorry, continue. Um, in so many montages for yeah. I don't know graduations, maybe. Sure. Um, Anytime that you're making a home video, then you're bringing it to iMovie. You're gonna put that in there. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. The Nets maybe aren't necessarily done. And that's definitely something to monitor. Is that like there's all these names, and we're recording this at nine thirty six on trade deadline day, PM. A lot can change about who actually will be on the market, who won't be on the market. But the Nets could add another piece. I actually still don't really think they will because they love their chemistry so much. It's like a very strange thing. So much of the NBA is so transactional. So much about hashtag the business. Um, Dude, but the speaking Nets are of which, just all family. Did you see? I was so annoyed by this. Um, <clears throat> uh, D'Angelo Russell went on ESPN with, um, oh God, what's his face? Mike Greenberg and Jalen Rose. Yes, uh, right. Mike Greenberg, a guy whose name will never such a such a a a name, non memorable name. Anyways, yeah. So he was talking to Jalen Rose, and the first things that came out of their mouth was. So, like, now that you're a big deal, what's it feel like to, like, you're going to get traded soon, right? And I was like, what? Like, why? Why is that? <laughs> what? And he had to, he did the thing where he was like, yeah, it's a business, you know, all that. And it's like, what? Is, that's your version of, like, starting a conversation with this guy? You'd say, like, and there's no, there's never been any talk of that. It's it's like completely baseless. Did you watch the Kevin Durant angry press conference? I did not. No, I saw a thing about it that I didn't click. Is it good? Do I have to watch it? Nah, it'll just make you angry. Yeah. You know, if anyone out there who's listening hasn't watched the Kevin Durant press conference, he had not talked to the media in Golden State for nine days. And over that those nine days, the rumors of him going to the Knicks were building and building because the Knicks made this trade to get rid of Porzingis to clear the cap space to where they could get Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So the media, there's probably a lot of it that follow the Warriors because they're so successful – had been wanting to talk to Kevin Durant, and he hadn't talked to them for nine days. He finally decided to talk to them, and he was immediately angry, and he was saying that, um, I'm just trying to play basketball, and you guys are speculating on where I may go next year. I don't know anyone at the Knicks. I don't know anything about the Porzingis trade. I don't know anyone who made the Porzingis trade. And, you know, why don't you guys let me focus on basketball, essentially? Why do you guys try to... Uh, bring anxiety to the fans by talking constantly about where I'm going to go. He completely has a point. Uh, I don't even really want to talk about it that much because it's so like, it's just like not that much fun. But it's also <laughs> like, it's also like, so the the we we as Nets. Right? Do you want to talk Nets, about why it isn't fun? Is that the more interesting way in? It's not fun because. It, okay, there's two takes you could take on this issue, right? Is that Kevin Durant needs to shut up and dribble, which is one way people are going. Shut up and dribble. You make millions and millions of dollars. Ugh, I hate that take. That's to play basketball. I know. It's shut not up. a fun thing. It's like, but then the other take is to be so player-centric, to be like, 
don't you understand what these guys go through is that they are constantly seeing on the Twitter feeds that people are saying where they're going to go, and it's just very annoying, and all they're trying to do is give entertainment to the fans that play basketball. And yeah. that's, like, another way of, like, okay. I mean, like, I'm in the middle, which is this person is being, being paid $30 million to play basketball. I, I, I don't really feel bad that he's being asked every day, which I'm sure he is being asked every day, which probably is annoying. But I don't really feel bad that he's being asked, where may you go next year? Partly because he's allowed this sort of conversation to play out. Kyrie, previously, when he went to the in front of the season ticket holders for the Boston Celtics, had killed the conversation by saying, I'm going to be here next year. And now he has allowed this conversation to develop because he says, I'm going to do what's best for me. And I'm going to decide in July 1st, which is honest, but also it's just the whole thing is like they should be. That's actually Kyrie Irving's way about it is <clears throat> it's the dishonest way, but it's really the the better way of doing it. Like just lie, say, <laughs> say I'm going to be here next year, <laughs> never talk about it and then do whatever like you want to do at the end of the year. And he couldn't follow through on that. And he yeah. couldn't follow through at the right. <laughs> yeah, right. Ex- exactly. The He'd exact moment the, <laughs> when it matters the most, when yeah. all of this conversation is bubbling up around the Knicks. Then he decides to say, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what's best for me. And the NBA is in a tizzy. You have people like Zach Lowe writing articles about how this Anthony Davis trade discussion is the biggest amount of um, sort of like platelet shifting all arguments in the in NBA history besides Kareem. And obviously Twitter was it around during Kareem. I have to check that, to check that on Wikipedia, but I don't think Twitter was around when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was traded. Um, by the way, you probably didn't watch this. Did you watch the NBA All-Star Draft tonight, Brian, on TNT? <laughs> you want to know what's even better? I didn't know it even happened. That's that's, <laughs> that's out of the loop I am on that. Do you want to know how I'm the opposite of you, Brian? <laughs> I do. I recorded it. No, my God. <laughs> for posterity, because I wanted wow. to watch. I so did want to watch. What, what, what was it like? What happened? So the main takeaway, and everyone's by the time everyone hears this podcast, I imagine you will all have heard this take. So I apologize that this is a stale take, um, a stinky blue cheese stale take. But um, LeBron and Giannis were picking against each other, and the way it worked, of course, is that the players who are voted as starters are picked first, and then the reserves are picked. Here are Le- Le- LeBron's picks, okay, in order of as LeBron's making. LeBron had the first pick of all the starters, and then he had the second pick. Uh, not a snake draft, had the second pick of the reserves. LeBron's picks were Durant, who's going to be a free agent, Kyrie, who's going to be a free agent, Kawhi Leonard, who's going to be a free agent, and then James Harden. His first pick as reserves was Anthony Davis, free agent. His second pick as reserves, Clay Thompson, free agent. Wow. He made all of these. So, of course, the discussion now is that LeBron is so calculated that even in his all-star picks, He's picking guys who he is rumored to have wanted to play with next season. Um, there's a lot of stuff being built up that actually Kyrie and LeBron may have a reunion. That Kyrie may consider going back to L.A. to play with LeBron. Now that's in play. Durant, of course, used to train with LeBron. Durant you know, could go anywhere he wants to in the league. Kawhi kind of famously seems like to not want to play with LeBron, but he could if he wants to. He wants to play in L.A., which means to play with the Clippers. Of course, Anthony Davis. And even the best part of the whole thing is that Charles Barkley, so this was on TNT, so they had the draft first. Ernie Johnson hosted it. LeBron and Giannis went back and forth. Pick, 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 pick. For Nets interest fans, uh, D'Angelo Russell was not the last pick. You know, that's pretty. Yeah. 
Um, he was ahead of Bradley Beal, Kyle Lowry, Carl Anthony Towns, Mark Saldridge, and Vucevic. He was pretty good. He was heftily in there. He was on Team Giannis. He Dude, Bradley is. Beal. Why is why the hell is Bradley Beal in there? Get out of here. He was the last pick taken, besides the elder statesman, which was Dwayne Wade and Dirk. <laughs> that Dillisky. doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. So Charles Barkley said do you imagine uh, being uh, sorry to interrupt you yeah please. such a weirdo that you're gonna vote in aggressively Dwayne wade's old ass into the like what kind of creeps <laughs> do this <laughs> think about how bored are you because it's not a kid you know like kids don't care about Dwayne wade it's a grown man who's just like spam voting for Dwayne wade <laughs> get out of here um uh what was that oh it was about oh charles barkley said on the broadcast LeBron is still there in the satellite feed because the Celtics and Lakers are playing tonight. LeBron is still in the, the, here in the satellite feed. And Charles joked about how, LeBron, you should trade your whole team uh, for Anthony, your whole bench for Anthony Davis, which is pretty startling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I One was very happy that D'Lo was not picked last because that, while even D'Angelo Russell was saying publicly that doesn't matter to him, he's just happy that he's there. You know, I'm, you want to feel some pride, right? Like you want to feel like the Nets are are there. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like it's like this, like last, like sort of consolation prize. And he's a guy who's picked last. He was picked like pretty high up in terms of the reserves, so feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, and LeBron calculatedly, you know, drafted a bunch of free agents, which was insane. Um, there, there is a couple of things. I, there's one <coughs> more thing I really want to get to, Brian, before we end this, please. Markel Fultz was traded. Right. Um, I was just, I just pulled up Jonathan Simmons' numbers. He's having an atrocious year. Holy cow. So let me ask you if the Nets had traded Rondé Hollis Jefferson, the Nuggets pick, and just a second round pick with it, not the next one, but like another one that they have floating in the ether, would you have wanted that? If they had, sorry, say it again. I was looking at Jonathan Simmons' numbers. (laughs) Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Yeah. Um, sorry, Ron Hallis Jefferson, Nuggets pick, and a second-round pick that they have just, like, no, within the ether. No, already no. Wow, really? For more – no, I don't want I, – I don't – so here's the difference between you and me. I don't – I'm not a believer in what I've seen from Mark Helfoltz. I love it. I don't man. think there's anything there to work with. Love it. Beautiful. Hot take. And I'm serving him up. Yeah, I mean, I, I advocated, obviously, for the Markel Fultz trade earlier in the year when the Nets were, like, in that, like, eight-game losing streak or whatever. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, It's important so, to put that in context. Yeah. So now that D'Lo's playing so damn well, and obviously did what he was playing phenomenal before the injury, and Levert is now going to be back on Friday. Probably when you're all listening to this, he'll be back. Come um, on. Obviously, I don't really care that Markel Fultz isn't on the team. That's an interesting price that was paid. It is a first-round pick, but it's a weirdly protected first-round pick where it's like top 20 protected until then it will extinguish into being um, two second-round picks, which is like, okay, so they just traded a bad wing player for what could be three first-round picks. Now, that first-round pick may convey this year, who knows, or three, excuse me, three second-round picks. But that first-round pick from OKC may convey this year. It's a very small possibility. Um, that's a shockingly small amount. It's shocking that, like, my Wizards my wizards couldn't have gotten in that mix. They could have given up Sadoransky and 
um, some random second round pick if they even have any others left, and some other asset out there for do, a guy who's the number one the overall Wizards... pick in the draft. Yeah, maybe the Wizards are the only other sort of similarly chaotic franchise. You need to be like one of like a few really crazy franchises to to want to be to want to embark on the journey that is Markel Fultz's rehab. Um, and the Nets are just not that team. We're just we're we're past it. You know, we're too good for it now. Sorry. I know. If if it was two years ago, the Nets would have made that trade. Mm-hmm. The Nets we did. Been... It was Anthony Bennett. That's when his name was Anthony Bennett. We did that trade. <laughs> wow. So you, I was going with D'Angelo Russell, but you're comparing. Markel to Anthony Bennett, which is why not telling of you. What do you think of Markel Fultz? What, what is the, what is there to to think otherwise? I think he's the youngest player in the NBA f- to ever have had a triple double. Only look at Markel. <laughs> I, I want to see Anthony Bennett's Anthony Bennett's numbers. No, don't look at it. Do not look at Anthony Bennett. <laughs> Pulling um, up here comes the basketball. Wow, they were bad from the jump. Yeah, Anthony Bennett Eight. was. There wasn't like a. <laughs> A shooting issue or a uh, injury, a mysterious injury that could not be solved issue. Well, yeah, there was. He had a whole wrist thing, right? And then he couldn't play, and then he came back, and he was all, like, it was a yeah. si- very similar situation. No, it's Anthony Bennett. Yeah, was a, dude. That, there's like, a whole legit, thing. Legit, like, just not good. He was just like, not, not Here's good the thing. All right, their, their numbers are comparable, so, like, let's not get crazy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that when we started this podcast that, that Brian would be defending Anthony Bennett, former net? Um. So real quick, revert- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not defending. I'm burying both Dude, of them collectively. Not- it's okay. It's fine. Not a big deal. You love him. I think. I think you may be missing what I'm getting after here. No, nah, I think you love him. It's cool. <laughs> um, real quick, Lavert's coming back. What, what are your just basic? The Nets have three games for the All Star break. It's interesting that they are bringing him back now because, of you know, in all level of prudence, they could just wait for these three games. Give him an extra two weeks to super duper heal. And actually almost, yeah, two weeks. Give him two weeks to really heal and then play basketball. But they're letting him play basketball right now. What do you expect? Um, I mean, I expect him to be super rusty, obviously. Um, and that's why I think they're going to run him out here for especially bulls and calves. You know, maybe get him not many minutes here and there. Probably not not playing much at all for the Raptors um, on on Monday. Um but, like, yeah, I mean, it's just to get 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 his motor going. You don't want to be sucking wind. Do you see how bad Alan Crabb was sucking wind last night? He was hunched over after five minutes. He yeah, had not a- been hitting the bike. Oh. This is classic Crabb. <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I got I mean, even if he gives you 15 minutes in that first game, it's going to be an exciting. Like, if he gives us, shows us anything, the same sort of level of basketball that he provided before the injury, if he shows the same thing, I'm going to be through the roof i mean it's kind of already a tired trope that the net's biggest trade deadline acquisition was karis levert but it's mm-hmm. the truth he's gonna rejoin the Nets for basketball they play two games against two of the worst teams in the eastern conference and then the best team one of the best teams of the eastern conference before the all-star break um and then there's the all-star break and then dinwiddie's not going to come back too far after the Nets. it's very it's a pretty enticing time for the Nets right now. The fact that they have like reinforcements are coming, and Do while they had Dario Saric right now, I was kind of wanting a Dario Saric trade. Wouldn't you have wanted that? Yeah. Um, I'm. I guess I'm not surprised Minnesota didn't let him go, but. I do. I just wish. I wish I knew who Marx was really in on. 
You know, like who were the guys that they were really trying? Not that they just had discussions about, but who was it out there that they were really trying to get, but they ended up losing out on? Was it no nobody, what, dude? They were they were putting they were it was BS. They're holding on to the fact that they're three games over five hundred on a team that's supposed to be 10, 10 games under five hundred, and they're sitting on a mountain of cap space. They don't have to do a damn thing, and he knows it. So all the Nets have to do is have to beat the Bulls at home Friday night, which is probably when everyone's listening to this, and they have to beat Cleveland in Cleveland before the All-Star break. And there's that one game in Toronto at Toronto, which obviously, you know, whatever expectations you could have, it could end up being like a Milwaukee Bucks game 2.0. But as long as... Get ready for some Mitch Creek. As long as they win those two games, the Bulls and the Cavs, the Nets will have finished before the All Star break with, or at the All Star break with thirty one wins. Thirty one wins, thirty one and twenty eight is pretty freaking incredible for a team that was not expected to do nearly this well. Um, they they do have a super tough March coming up. There's a big West Coast swing in that. I think what seven games in the West Coast, but. Within that swing, Lavert will hopefully then be full strength. Dinwiddie will be coming back, and you imagine he's not going to be that rusty by that time. Um, interesting times for the Nets. Brian did not make a move. Greg Monroe not with the Nets. They get a second round pick in twenty twenty one. Brian, um, dude, Kenneth Fareed's still crushing it out there. We we blew it. That's going to be he's the Yogi Ferrell of this season. Mm. Anyways, did you wrap it up while I was looking at Kenneth Reed's Twitter? That's all yes. I was doing. You did? Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you all for listening. We will be in your ears maybe next week for the All-Star break, and then we will circle back when all the All-Star break action is over. Wow. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it was great talking to you. All right, bye. Yeah, boy. Yeah.